Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Hey, Brad, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How's Addison doing? I'm doing all right. Not uh, not too much going on, but uh, got a little bit done this weekend. Did you? What did you work on? Started actually hacking up the frame. So uh, yes. we talked about it before that we kind of found where the frame was bent. Yeah. I've done some research, and the actual bracket that the frame was bent on is the um, swing arm safety valve, per se. It's actually the – if the swing arm – if the suspension blows okay. or the brackets for the rear suspension breaks – the swing arm, the rear tire will hit that instead of blowing through the bike and hitting the ground. It will stop the bike from bottoming out. That is your emergency stop. So in essence, is it, is it like me putting my tire in, on top of the, or my foot on top of the tire to slow down, like on a pedal bike, or? No, it's like if your pedal bike breaks. I understand, but is it the same thing as me putting, you know, applying... You know, on some go-karts and other oh, things, they so have a little... it's not necessarily for the brake. No, but it would slow you down. In essence, that's what sure, would happen. it would help there, but it's more so so that the bike doesn't completely collapse on itself, right? If all you have is a a full oh, that's swing understandable. with no support, yeah. Yeah. that is now its hard support, a hard stop. It's basically your bump stop <clears throat> for the tire, and then it hits there, and it, it will slow you down, but that's less concerning the bigger concern is now your frame doesn't grind and throw you off I the get bike that. yeah 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 i was right. just wondering i mean how much travel is there is it something that you're going to notice that oh, yeah. it's happened before yes. it starts no. doing that if it's a broken bracket no right you're not once it once it fails so the whole point of this conversation isn't necessarily to hash out what you're going to notice oh, okay come on but <laughs> to say that i'm going to have to compensate for that on my rear hoop that i create to recreate that? That will have to recreate some form of bump stop for the rear tire at the top end of the swing before the frame hits the ground. Okay. I said that more succinctly than I thought I could. That was, uh, you know, the, she ate the fly to kill the spider to You're really why. proud of that. You were I was, really proud. I was surprised. I, last few weeks, I haven't been able to speak English. A oh, slow clap is what I deserve, but thanks for the full clap. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate uh, it'll that. It'll come in loud. It shows up on the uh, on the sound here, but that doesn't mean it's going to show up on the actual <laughs> volume levels. But uh, yeah, so I got a little bit of that done. Okay, sweet. Um, took the front end completely apart. I mean, it's at the point that I could quickly disassemble the front fork and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's empty, and I'm started shopping parts. I've got different components, different tools. I, I put a tools. lot of orders. I've, I've had Father's Day gift cards floating around that I decided to go ahead and finally spend. Interesting. And so okay. I bought some uh, some paint supplies for painting. Now that I've got good paint guns, I told you that those came with the compressor. Right, but they're yeah. bottom. They're not gravity feet. Sure, but I got a good compressor. Therefore, my old paint sure. guns should work better. Yeah, um, I have the opportunity to paint better, so I bought some tools for that. Um, I got some. I got a bought my own carb sink because I just feel like I'm going to use it enough. I've got two bikes now that need it. So did you calibrate it? I here? feel bad stealing. Not yet. It hasn't come in the mail. Okay. Um, did so you that's get a on the four way. carb? Did you get a four yeah, gauge I went setup? Four. Okay, good. It ended up being, I think it's you know, worth it. It's a thirty percent increase in cost. It's not twice as much, and that's yeah, where but it I was opens like, up your capabilities to do. Well, more. that's the problem. In the end, I felt like if I bought a two within a year or two, I'd probably be looking at a four anyway. Sure. 
So then I double my price because I double down on two, mm-hmm. right? Which at that point I bought. It's basically the same one that uh, that our buddy Rob's got. I, I know you've seen it because yeah. we both calibrated it and got it set up when we borrowed it the first time. But it's a different brand. That brand doesn't have them any longer. They've <laughs> changed their style. Oh. Um, but they get pretty good reviews. This one also came with, which was a big perk for me, came with the carburetor adjustment tool, which I think is a really mm. cool tool. And it wouldn't be impossible to make, but it is re- relatively hard to find at an affordable price. So the fact that it was an add-in for this was a big win. Maybe. for Well, for a tool that I already know that works sufficient, I wouldn't say it's the okay. best carb sink tool. Sure. But you're going, you're doubling the price to get to the next option. Okay. And then to get the professional grade, you're quadrupling the price. Oh, and sure. I just... We're not there I'm yet. using it enough that I need the tool. I'm not using it enough that I need the tool constantly and need it to be perfect. Right. I can tell the differences and I can make changes and tweaks from there. Especially with when it's my own, I can get it you know, synchronize the way I want and kind of mm-hmm. set it up at home. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, the carb, the carb synchronizing adjustment tool is really cool. It's basically a full socket with a screwdriver embedded inside of it. So they kind of sit over each other. They each have their independent handles. Mm-hmm. So you can put both items on your adjustment screw, which is a lock nut and a flathead screw. Okay. Right? I, I'm sure you've seen these. Yes. You don't, okay. That can be a lot of affirmation. I'm hoping everyone else can visualize this as this is clearly not the best medium to talk about. But it's a cool tool because that, that, uh, socket will fit over the adjustment screw. Sure. The nut. And you can then loosen that while then holding it where it is loose and adjusting your mm-hmm. synchronizing screw and then hold that tight while you adjust it. All sure. in one tool. Oh, sweet. So before I was putting a, an open-ended wrench on it. Right. You're making the movement of... And trying to hold it with the screwdriver while I turn that wrench and hope that it doesn't turn enough, which getting in there without one solid straight attack and a side attack as well as a top attack is hard to get any visual on and see if There's it's There's a turned. lot of attacks going on. And going you're on. making a lot of movements of using two, two tools. tools. at the same time. And so I'm having, I am having a hard time picturing exactly what a single tool is, but I'm sure most people can look it's that up. It's the two tools, but they're stacked on each other in a kind of vertical way. Okay. So you're holding the screwdriver and the wrench is coming off of the side of the screwdriver moving independently. Okay. Instead of having to hold them in two separate planes. And there's enough lever arm there to actually crack open it should be, that? Yeah, I mean, okay. it's just an adjustment screw. It's, you know, a lock. It's, how, it's old a lock is the, how old is it? Well, that's fair. But you could right. do the initial. that's initi- what I'm getting at, yeah. The, the big point is when you make the adjustments and you need to tighten it, right? You sure. can loosen it, readjust as many times as you want. It's oh, that yeah. last tightening that it wants to change, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the hardest part with adjusting those carburetors is... You have to account for that last little tenth of a turn mm. when you tighten down the nut already. You have to set it off a tenth of a turn off on purpose so that when you tighten it down, it'll readjust back to correct. Oh, or sure. you have to very strategically, and it's actually really difficult, in my opinion. It's more, it's doable, but a lot more work than it should be. This tool will make it a lot easier to wear a five-minute right adjustment, double check. Mm-hmm. I'll just know it's right. And sure. once it was right when I set it. It'll be right when it's done, and I don't have to go do that extra five-minute double-check and right, right. possible readjustment. Anyway, I thought that was a cool part. Yeah, It's sweet. a cool tool I've seen online and kind of hunted for, and it only it's P1 Tools that sells these parts. Mm-hmm. And they kind of use that tool as a selling point for their other tools. It's common to see this adjustment tool right. thrown in with other packages right. from this company. And I didn't really need one in the past, but now that I... I've decided to pull the trigger. I noticed that it's the same gauges. It's the exact same part with just a different sticker on top that we used before. We've seen, I've it's, seen that a lot looking for tools. It's the lately. MGO. If you look at MGO, which is a generic, mostly Japanese, mm-hmm. you know, aftermarket parts catalog, 
it's their same one rebrand. You know, it's all this. So I wonder. So what do you made. think the difference is? I mean, obviously, it's the same supplier, and they're able to take these tools and they distribute them out, and anybody can buy them. But do you think that there's also something uh, more embedded in that? Is there a potential that okay? Gauges that are calibrated correctly, no imperfections, are then able to be sold to a certain supplier that sells them at a higher price than maybe ones that the calibrations are off, but you still have the equipment, a little bit more use work for maybe a uh, buyer like you. That's probably true. I mean, I don't know if there's a certain grade to the build and then they distribute them as such. For example, MGO, although they all have the disclaimer that they should be recalibrated when you receive them. Sure. I looked on MGO, which is pr- the higher price version, because it yeah. is kind of the brand. It's probably the one that had this initially made. They've been making parts for a long time. Yeah. Prior to you know Amazon being popular for anything, um, so it's probably you know MGO and these other bigger brands that started this initial design because it's really just four vacuum gauges mounted on a piece of sheet metal. Yeah. With hoses and a plastic adjustment screw. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so that the problem is, but these are about fifty bucks. If you look hard, you can find the same version for fifty to sixty bucks. When you want to move on to the brass adjustment screws, you're talking a hundred dollars. Yeah. When you move on to, you know, a little bit more of the fluid versions and different, you start getting the more professional grade items. You're talking two to four hundred dollars or more. Yeah. So it's you know it's hard to justify those costs on an intermittent project item for me. Um, to where if I'm dialing that in or needing that dialed in, I can always drop it off for a lot less expensive and have it done professionally yeah. with those $500 parts at the rate that I would be doing that. I can get, seeing what I could do with these on my other bike, you can get really good with these tools. Oh, it gives, it's a learning opportunity, too. I know that you understand the yep. system and you've done it now, but you continue to refine your um, tactics as far as completing that work and actually knowing as a as a human and being able to think through it and not just looking at a gauge when something maybe isn't quite right even though the gauge is telling you something else right yep yep so uh yeah picked up a bunch of stuff that's one of the couple of the big items there Mm -hmm. Uh, excited to get all that in some ram mount items i had a i have a phone mount the ram ball phone mount but i didn't have the handlebar mount or the arm that goes between Mm. so with some of these little gift cards i've had floating around i picked up some of these extra little pieces and okay Ready to go. I'll have a bunch of stuff coming over the next few weeks, basically, because some of it wasn't you know, sold on Amazon, but not necessarily Amazon supplied. So some of it's you know, coming straight from Japan for some of the painting supplies I've got and things like that. China. Most of them are from Japan. Yeah. 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 Okay, I can see that. I'm just. I'm sure the. Uh, I'm sure the. Uh, yeah, the gauge setup is from China, but that's okay. Maybe Taiwan. But uh, so excited for that. Spent some time, finally pulled the trigger and got all that going. Sweet. Um, otherwise, yeah, a little bit of work on the bike, not a ton. I got the we've been building the playhouse for the kids for a while now. Oh yeah, how's that coming? Got that done. Everything but paint. Uh, it's got siding. It's got a roof, metal roof. It's done. So it's, it's got paint actually fully enclosed. Does it have windows? Fully enclosed? No. Well, it's got an entire front opening, but the back we decided to leave enclosed. Oh. So we'll leave the the sides and back. So wall. three sides are. Three fully closed sides and then an open face, okay. basically. Okay. And we're going to put a, a rail on that open face mm-hmm. about halfway down just to kind of give a, a spot to Something for them to relax. jump over. Yeah. Okay. Make it a little more exciting. Yeah. What do they think of it? Uh, so far, they haven't played too much because it's got painting supplies in it. So have you played in it more than the kids have? No. 
Did they play with it before you yes. finished it? Okay. So they were actually using this. Yep. They've been playing up on the stage. It's basically, it basically was a stage to start, right? So were they singing and dancing on it and having jump people on over it and, and watch? Throw stuff on and sit, use it as their seat when we'd have people over and whatnot. Okay. Now, uh, we'll see. There's plans for sleepovers and different things to have kind of a camp outdoors little hut for them. It sounds like what I see a lot on my way in. Uh, on my drive, I there's we're kind of not so much out in the country but we're a little bit out of town so people have longer driveways and so they have these houses i guess small little sheds bus stops that are personal homemade bus stop it sounds like a bus stop that we have near us a real big version yeah i've seen some pretty good sized ones but i can understand one you could sleep in right sure six foot by six foot well it's an eight foot by six foot okay one face is just covered with no the last two feet are next year you're gonna have a wraparound porch yep why not yeah have chimney. a little mini refrigerator. Yep. Eh, chimneys. That's that's going too far. Why? I don't know. Wood stove in there. Yeah. Now you're no. You know you gotta have just a cook cooktop stove. That's yeah. fair. Open flame. Let's see. Put the barbecue in there. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have a covered area. But uh, no, got, so I've spent a lot of time last week on that. Didn't really get too much motorcycle work done. Um, the daily is due for uh, an oil change, so that's coming up. Which is nice. It's nice to know I put enough miles on, and I'm now on two oil changes. Okay. The same bike, so it's not uh, bad for on, a bike I bought this on year. On which bike? On the Daily Rider. What's the Daily Rider? Uh, was it Mad Max? I think was the name you gave it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Red Randy. I, I don't know what is that. That's your bike. Your daily. Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I'm sure the uh, listeners haven't either. Yeah, I need to make sure people are writing in names for the Daily Rider so that we can uh, get that. I'm going to have it printed on vinyl and actually uh, attached to the bike. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the game plan. Rules have been set forth. End of this month, we will draw from a hat any names that we receive. And whichever one gets pulled from a hat will be uh, professionally vinyl cut and attached to the bike. Yes. And I'll at least hold it through the end of the year. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to it. If it's it. a good name, I, you'll you'll know because it'll be there through next year's rally and and so on and so forth. But sure. If not, it'll be one of those New Year tear offs. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, as long as it, those episodes takes, are up, every month. episode that I talk about is another episode you have to wait to get pulled before you can actually pull it. Uh, the Everybody that hears pulled. it, we've got this set up well. We're gonna. We're I gonna, know we're that's what I'm around. suggesting. That as long as people can hear about it, it's got to stay. That's fair. We're sticking around. Sounds good. What did you do this weekend? You had a longer weekend. Did you get anything done? Uh, yeah, a little bit of work on the exterior. I got to pulling it apart, trying to uh, babysit and potty train and other things, uh, home alone, just kind of reduce the amount of time that I could actually spend out in the shop. But I was able to go out and uh, tear into it a little bit more, so I'm down to just pulling my cam pulleys off and then dropping a couple other components and then pulling the head so i'm close okay i'm yeah. just not uh not as far as i kind of hope to be at the end of the weekend but uh, i can't complain too much i'd say the most hassle that i've received is from the harness and trying to remove each of the clips without destroying them for each of the breaking the little attachment yeah. pieces yeah because i want to be able to put it back together i mean i thought you know if one breaks that's one thing but uh, you know i'd like to be able to put it back together the way i found it and now fir trees are cheap clean so don't worry about yeah those. but they're not really a fir tree so they're also a um they're also a clamp around the harness so it's, yeah can you find those easily yeah they're pretty cheap 
You get boxes of those pretty inexpensively online. I don't want to have to buy any more than I than I have. Sure. Too. I would agree that your connectors you want to be real careful with because I've broken the the pin like the lock pin on those before, and that's a pain. Oh, and I just love how the H. I mean, I can understand pokey-oaking each of those connectors, so they're a little bit different. You can't plug it into the wrong one, but then there's also different methods. Even on the the fuel injectors and trying to pull them out, the two center ones use a different connector than the oh really than the four outers. So it's it's interesting. <laughs> on the others, it's just Dude. like clamp and pull, and the, this one is like push down and it locks into position, and then you can pull it. I never quite made it, but with the the scrambler, man, I, I had the tank off enough when I was doing tuning it and getting it all set up with sure. the custom setup that uh, I had the tank off and on enough that that the uh, quick disconnect for the fuel line was great to unlock, but to actually pinch both sides of it mm-hmm. and then also slide it off while it was up under the fuel, yeah. right, right up under the tank, yep, yep. was the most painful and awkward contortionist movement that my hands could make. And it doesn't help that I got you know, big sausage thumbs. Mm-hmm. So I can't, like, get a good push in the little tab. Sure. Right? So I could get it with just my thumb, but to then also pinch a finger in the other side and not have my thumb just be a blunt stick, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a big blunt thud on the side of it that would push. It was terrible. I didn't know that you played uh, Twister with I, the scrambler. It was basically what it was. <laughs> and I more than once thought about just getting an old pair of, you know, finding a garage sale pair of tweezers or pliers and welding little little rods on each end so mm-hmm. i could just push that and push the buttons with that and just pull it out oh yeah uh, i know again i'm doing visual movements here that, that no one can see but i think you can imagine just two little rods on the the tips of pliers to help help punch those uh those holes in on on dual-sided connectors right i just i hate that crap it's great if you got tiny little fingers and uh, triumph's an english bike i don't are the english have small hands i've never heard this before no, you know, I don't know. I know but that's I'll, a lot of complaints with, like, Hondas and, you know, and, and even getting into the vehicles, oh, yeah, Toyotas and, my, and Hondas my, my that Nissan, you end up, yeah, yeah, and Nissan, you end up with, like... There's areas where I'm like, I, how yeah, do you even get the Very this? Eastern country-sized hands, nothing yeah. against, you know, there's no, no for better or worse, mm-hmm. a lot of us Americans are overweight, so our big sausage hands getting into these connectors and these spots that were made by an in-shape japanese engineer <laughs> well and even if that's not the work. case a lot of those are going to have the right tool at their disposal when they're that's doing fair. the work and a lot of the time i'm making do with what i have because i want to re- I, i'm not going to buy a tool that i only have to use for one specific area in one job now that's i fair. can make a tool potentially but n- not always am i going to do that what what can i do to get around that is usually what i end up having to to uh deliberate on my own but uh talking about triumph since we're on that subject what do you think of the new rockets? Oh yes, I uh, so I, it's funny. I sent you that article. Yeah, and uh, subsequently, I also heard from multiple people. Who was I talking to? I can't even remember. I got into a conversation with someone who is not a Triumph rider. Okay, but does ride, and it was somebody I know. I can't remember who at this point. I wish I remembered so I can give him a shout out. But it was this week, I was talking to someone who rides and had seen those clips, and was definitely more of a non-traditional, that's who it was. Uh, it was someone who rides a Triumph, they ride a Thunderbird. Okay. And they had seen it. Uh, I don't know if you know Chris, I'm yes. not going to throw any yeah, more information out. I know what you're out, talking about. He rides intermittently on his Thunderbird, and uh, he and I were talking about it this last week, 
and he ended up we just went off on on this new bike and how it is a friggin' sweet bike mm-hmm. and he it's not really his style it's a little too cruisery for him he's a fan of quiet realistically i see his next bike being like a gs 1200 or you know an adventure bike or maybe an fjr with stock tune you don't right? think he's gonna go with triumph or i anything. think his next bike and it could be a triumph but right now triumph doesn't make any like quiet cruisers the speedmaster is about as close as it gets Okay. I think he wants more bike than that. Because he's okay. usually riding two up. I know he's got his wife on with him uh, when he goes and rides. So I don't see, you know, this being the, t- the typical type of bike he would want. But we had a long conversation about how cool that bike was. Sure, sure. Similarly, I talked, uh, my dad was in this weekend. We had a party for our young, or for our middle child, for our oldest. Which child had a birthday? I had a party for my oldest. Don't ask me. And uh, <laughs> so all this whole weekend's a blur. Had a party for my oldest. My dad and I were talking about the same bike, and he was very opposed to this bike uh, until he kept looking at pictures. Okay. He opened it and was like, "I would never pay this much for a bike. What a stupid choice! Oh, it's just a big cruiser, right?" He was he was kind of grumpy about the bike. Yeah. And then every time he'd open up, you know, flip to the next picture. Well, this side looks even better than the last side. Oh, look at this! Th- this detail on the engine case is really well done. Like mm-hmm. it's, it looks like. The fit and finish, the features, the quality of that bike. So, were you Looks putting really your good. input at all into this? I told him during my, his I told conversations. Him my you know, okay. right? I pulled up. I sh- I showed him. I said, "Dude, this is the bike I think will uh, will be a, no- a not a knockout punch, but a heavy blow to Harley." I don't think so. I don't think so for the two upriders. I think I, I made that clear to you when we were uh, texting. That's fair. You look at that, and it doesn't really look like it's ergonomically well-suited for two upriding, even though I know that it can handle it. It's now, got plenty of power. It has the rear seat, and it has the backrest on the GT model. Yeah, I understand that. But as far as appearance in the U.S. market, what do people go for? They go for a lazy boy look. And the only reason why I know this is because I deal with seats on a regular sure. basis at work. And if you put two side by side, even if there's the same amount of padding, if one looks like it's a thicker cushion, if it looks bigger, if it looks more suited to a larger butt, even if it's not needed for that, it gives that um, idealistic appearance of more comfortable. And so I look at that, and it's very European market as far as having a sleek, slim, thin profile and i'm sure it's comfortable i'm not doubting that but first glance somebody looking at it and then looking at a harley they're going to see two different kinds of of appearances That's fair. Well, what kind of two up are you talking because i don't see this bike beating out the road glide or beating out a gold wing or a venture star right we're talking these big bikes it's not in that market and it doesn't want wait, that wait, wait, but we're talking about one of the biggest motors the, the biggest motor on a production motorcycle sure. that i is see in this taking time. harley's new attempt at getting younger Riders is that was it the not VFR, VFXR or something whatever it is you know what I'm talking about their power cruiser it's got the 114 cubic inch it's got those it's got more of a sport type pipe on the side okay um they've got this bike that that is intended to take the power cruiser that Harley's been doing for hundreds of for a hundred years okay and bring it into this era. And make it popular and cool. And it was intended to basically replace the V-Rod and to compete with Ducati Diavel. Okay. And I see this Triumph coming in the side and just knocking all them Price point-wise, which one, where are they at? They're all about the same price. Okay. This bike, I mean, we're talking 163 Okay, so then how many, who's get? so younger riders, I understand that. But a lot of younger riders, a lot of weight is intimidating. You get sure. on a bike having to manhandle that, if you will, or it won't be anybody's handle first bike. in general. 
And I, maybe yeah, there will I be. I think but... that that's going to be a deterrent for them, though. I think that there's a lot of things that they have to overcome with this. I think it's an awesome bike. Don't get me wrong. And there's some pictures that look pretty cool. I get that. Uh, but at the same time, it's trying too hard for the cruiser market, and uh, and I yeah. can't get on board. That's the point. And they spelled brakes wrong, so it bothered me, and I had well, to stop Well, whatever reading. article that was wasn't Triumph, but that's okay. The uh, That's my pet peeve, man. I understand. It bugs me. But, you know, I, and I agree. It's not going to be the highest-selling bike in the market. It's not going to be anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to, you know, win anything with regards to new or young riders when it comes to emerging those emerging into the motorcycle world mm-hmm. but i think it's going to get the power cruiser market and i think it'll take it by storm yeah i don't know i think the vfr not the vfr what is it the uh what's the yamaha why am i drawing a blank right now the yamaha power cruiser v max the v rod which is now replaced by that that new harley mm-hmm. and the diavel i think will suffer in sales because of the new Rocket 3. The old Rocket I think it's 3 too niche. was I think it's really too niche, outdated, man. and it is. I the Diablo doesn't sell that mm-hmm. many bikes. It is not, right? It's similar to if you look at, you know, Lincoln, mm-hmm. their big navigator, it's their flagship product. It doesn't mean it's their highest sales. No, it's understandable, but right? what I'm getting at is that... People, they, they're putting this out. Why did they do this? Why did Triumph do this? Part of the reason is, is they could say, they could have a claim to fame of having sure. the largest motor on a production they motorcycle. Have. They've right? always had the largest triple, and now it's the largest at all. Why not? And that's what they're going for. Yeah. They're going for a marketing ploy. They don't have to sell a whole lot. It's just like Harley sure. and the electric motorcycle. It's very similar. You're getting into this different market. Yeah, people are going to get the attention. That's getting people's attention. They're going to go in. They're going to. They want to go look at it. What are they doing now? They're on the floor. They're on the showroom yep. floor, and they're able to go look at other things. It gets them in. That's anything to do I with agree. the flagship. Is that it just gets people's attention? And if you asked, you know, a year ago about the current Rocket Three, I could tell you, having talked to a couple of dealers locally, that they give you a crazy deal to get them off their floor. They can't sell them. Mm-hmm. They don't want them, but it's part of the deal, usually with the distributor, that they have to have one or two on the floor. They've got to show them, and, and they've got to be there. So they had to pre-purchase one that needs to be sold, yeah. and they'll that, take a hit on it happen, to get it though. off the floor. That's not going to happen initially, though. At least in the first and year after these, it's on the showroom floor, it's going to be a while before they get to that point. Sure, and th- but that's the problem. The Rocket Three, as it sat, still the largest production triple, was you know outdated. It was outdated. It was still an awesome power cruiser, but it had nothing on the Diavel, the V-Rod, or the V-Max even. And the V-Max is getting to be pretty outdated, too. It hasn't changed mm-hmm. much in the last 10 years. Um, V-Rod finally changed with the new, you know, with the new uh, Milwaukee 8s that they're putting in. But this thing, I think, will come in, and there is a market for it. I don't think it's going to sell like hotcakes. I don't think, I mean, the Bonneville, when it comes to Triumph sales, is its bread and butter. Mm-hmm. The different Bonneville models, um, you know, it's not going to take really anything from that. It's not going to. What age group? What age group though? What age group? You said younger riders, but I don't. I don't think it's going to be younger, younger riders, I'm, like you said. You're, I agree, but I'm thinking like forty to Harley. Forty to Harley. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to just classify it as that. Well, and, and so then my my weight statement comes back to play. As far as the weight and sure. cumbersome, but I think once you're once you've ridden for a handful of years. And you're just looking for something to hit the highway and commute to work. You're a lawyer. You yeah. want a big, powerful bike. That's Harley's bread and butter. 
is actually a lot of engineers and lawyers that just want to commute to work comfortably on the highway. Mm-hmm. I think this bike is going to take a lot of that share. How brash is it? I mean, how how loud is it? I haven't heard any clips. Factory, it's not too one. bad, but neither are the Harleys factory. No, that's understandable, but they're the aftermarket the is unbelievable great. for the Harleys. Yep. So. Aero exhaust is already in line. Yeah, you're, uh, I just don't. I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's questionable. I think we need to follow it a little bit more because I want to see how it goes. One. I think it's cool. I, I want to ride one. Oh. I think that there there oh. is an appeal to it. Even if I had the money, though, it wouldn't be my choice. And I'm not 40 yet, so maybe that's the problem. Yep, if we're going to say that's the <laughs> that's the age group, but um, I I don't know. I I'm still stuck on liking something that's a little bit more lightweight. It's not obviously my ride style, but it does have an aggressive look to it. It is kind of cruiserish. Um, I, I don't know. It's 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 not bad. It's a good one for them to showcase what they can do, but not for them to take a market by storm. That's fair. No, I don't think he's going to take the market by storm, but I think... No, you did. You said he was going to take out Harley and... I think that specific grouping of bikes, it will take. It will take a large share of that. Because I think the Rocket 3, as it currently sits, prior to this being coming out in production and and being available for sale, is not doing much in that market. It is not playing well. It is getting beat out left and right because of looks. Is it the looks? Yeah, it is. Because anybody that's been on one loves them. They are a riot to ride, as far as I understand. I've never heard anybody say anything different. I've right. never heard anybody complain about the rideability and the enjoyment on a Rocket 3. However, no one gets on them because they look like they're 15 years old. Even the one, you know, the 2019s look 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain point that once Harley came out with their new design, Ducati's already are always been a little bit sooner on its sure. refresh. It's always looked a little younger and fresher. You know, the, the Yamaha is in that same ballpark. Uh, Yamaha is hurting to get rid of their VMAXs because they look 10 years old. Yeah. There hasn't been much done to them because they just, they make a couple a year, tooling's paid for, and they sell them. So why change It's not it? their bread and butter, man. And Yamaha's got it, enough new stuff coming uh, out that's getting them news that they don't have to do that. Triumph, the Bonneville bandwagon is starting to slow. They did all that refresh two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's all been exciting and new. They came out with the Scramble 1200 last year. They needed something new mm-hmm. to change the class. And the speed triple on the speed market, you know, on your track market or your hooligan market, that does well to get you excited because they are updating those with the new with an iteration of the GT8 engines. Mm-hmm. However, you know, in the rest of their customer market, which is the Bonneville riders that are ready for something a little bit more powerful, you know, these these groups now they've got something to offer. I think it'll sell. I don't know. We'll see. I want to see one on the road. I want to ride one. I'll give you that. I I very much want to ride this. Yeah, bike. but even if you had the money, would you buy it? Define had the money. If you had money, was no no issue. In, yes, I would have one. Yeah, in your current garage. Yep, I would have one. It would take up one of your five bike places. Yes. Okay. Power cruiser and touring. I would pick that over an FJR all day long. Okay. And that gives you that pipe sound. Yep. That would win for me. That would okay. take out the Harley and the FJR market, check them both off, go for four more bikes. You just threw FJR into something that you hadn't even been talking about. So you think that is in the mix as well for other for a touring buyers? touring bike. Okay. I think this checks off. If you want a quiet, go fasty touring bike, the FJR is better than this. But if you want a stoplight to stoplight fun commute touring bike, I think I would rather have this bike. I'd rather have the Rocket 3. Okay. Because it's a triple. 
your low-end torque, that 163 foot-pounds comes in real early. So why wasn't that one of your considerations for a bike earlier, like the older? I don't have too much. I think they're ugly. (laughs) I think they're very outdated. I think it just looks like a heavyweight, fat version of the Bonneville. The current ones look like an overweight Bonneville. Okay. And they have power, and I think they would be a riot to ride. I just, I don't want to be on one. Mm-hmm. This, however, I could see myself sitting on and feeling cool. Sure. Okay. The current ones, I don't, you know, there's something about riding that you got to feel cool, man. That's not why you get the bike you get, but why not? Especially if you're saying money's no issue. Why not get the bike that's cool? Okay. There's something to be said about... Money's no cool issue, but space is still... True, five strip, bikes. Right, because otherwise you'd buy any bike as you came up to it, sure. and you wouldn't care, right? So there's got to be some limitation yep. on that. Five bikes, in your garage. money, no issue. Okay. I think this checks off two boxes. Okay. And I like it for the check off of those two boxes. Yeah, I just, I think that it would be great if you're doing long rides, you're yep. on the highway, freeway, you're not in the twisties and turnies a whole lot. It would probably do just fine. The new design it looks extent. a lot more aggressive. It does, and I get that, but uh, you're, you, I think that there's other bikes that if you're going to be in to those riding atmospheres, that you're sure. going to choose over this one. Sure. If I'm just going coast to coast all the time, then it's not the right bike, and I agree with that. Yeah, but do you like to be on the freeway for long stretches? Not generally, but I will do it a couple times a year. Yeah, I don't know. And that's why this is the a right rider. I, get I don't it. need a I high revving it. four cylinder. I get it. I just don't know. I'm not opposed to a high revving four cylinder, and I'm not opposed to the bike. I just and I like the looks. It's aggressive. I don't know if I really like the more upright, taller handlebars, the GT version or whatever it was called. I don't. I, that kind of kills a little bit of that look. A little bit too cruiser. Sure, too, I agree. Too wannabe for me. I agree. That I put that the next S to the Harley, and I'm sorry, even though it has the power, I'm like yep. ah. The less expensive S version calls to me a lot more. Yes. I have no interest. And my wife has, doesn't have an interest in touring on the bike. Yeah. So there's no, there's no reason for me to get the touring two up version. I would like the more aggressive one up version. Yeah. Just even the two up. I I just don't think, I think that it loses some of its appeal if somebody's wanting to ride two up. I agree. And now it's like, why, why are you getting a big bike? But if you ask me, the only thing that really is appealing to up, I'm sure everyone heard all of that. The only thing that really is appealing to up are the gold wings and the big star ventures and the road glides with the full size backrest armrest speakers. Okay. I mean, if I were going to ride two up and I were the second up, this is I would, interesting. I wouldn't want to be sitting on a small little seat on any of these bikes. Right. I don't want to be on the back of most bikes I see, even okay. if they have a second seat, whatever. No, that's fair. I would want a full backrest and armrest, and I would just want to sit back and enjoy the ride. Sure. And that's what I would assume that any, you know, most of these people ride two up. People riding two up on a sport bike, kudos on them. But it just doesn't seem like fun or comfortable. And I'm sure that they do it for a little bit longer rides, but a lot of those are just around town. Going from one place to the next, hanging out, going maybe up an area that they're going to be getting off and on a lot and checking out some scenes relatively close to wherever their home base is. Uh, Some people tour two up on sport bikes. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It just doesn't look comfortable. And if I want to make my passenger comfortable, I'm going to get a big bike that's got a full rear fairing as well, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Something you can sit back and relax. You don't have to worry about me cracking the throttle and you going off the back and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar to this conversation though. I don't know if you saw the news on the latest uh, Iron Butt challenges. But there's... Uh, do you know the Iron Butt? Do you know what I'm talking about? I've heard of it. So it's basically a, a class of, of individuals. It's not even a class of bikes. a class of individuals willing to put on all kinds of miles. Okay. Um, and there's a big national 
11 day, I think the winner ended up with 1300 plus miles. So 11 day and 13, sorry, 13,000 plus miles. I was going to say, yeah. 11 days and 13,000 miles, um, in the end was the winner, but they do all kinds of events. It's to get kind of initiated into the group. There's a, was a thousand miles in 24 hours. Then the next class up is 1500 miles in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then there's a 50 CC class. Okay. That is, you have to go coast to coast in 50 hours. So that's your 50 coast to coast, 50 CC. Okay. It's not 50 CC bikes. I was going to say, this is, uh, it does sound cooler than it is. Well, it's still cool to do that in, you know, two days. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's all these little events that you can do to gain points, but their big rally or their big event is more or less a scavenger hunt okay. nationwide. Really? And you've got 11 days to hit up. There's like a handful of required checkpoints nationally to show that you've actually sure. done the distance. Yeah. But intermittently throughout there, there's time gaps that have secondary checkpoints. And so mm-hmm. you gain points based on how many checkpoints you've hit sure. beyond those initial requirements. Mm-hmm. And the the winner, this was the first year in the history of ever that we had a female winner. Oh, sweet. Uh, which is kind of surprising because the group isn't really non-female. I mean, there's a lot of women riders in the group. So I was actually surprised to hear that, that a woman's never won before. Okay. Just because it would just make sense by numbers alone that they had. It was a surprising factoid that I guess I didn't see coming. Okay. Um, but that's awesome. And, uh, but it seemed pretty crazy. I mean, this year's was a road less traveled, I believe was a theme. And they basically went around and they toured, Robert you know, 13,000 miles yeah. over 11 days, which is a pretty incredible feat. I mean, over a thousand miles a day. Yeah. Obviously just simple math on that, but you know, it's a pretty, pretty hefty amount. The question I would have for you, we're talking about the rocket three. We've talked about, you know, Road Kings and all these other bikes. Yeah. What would you take on this tour, Brad? What would I take on this tour? If you're doing 11 days, I think the default minimum is 11. I think it's 1,000 So the question is, do I want something that is super comfortable that I can sit in it throughout that entire trip and not get sore, right? Or be able to manage it? Or do I want something that I can stand up, right? And so I don't know. I don't know what I would want. Would I want something that's more upright or more something that I lay back in? And I and I don't know. I haven't really thought about long distance like that. KLR 250. Let's go with that. KLR 250. <laughs> no, I'm being facetious. I but you'd be uh, in the running. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'd probably get something like a sport touring. Um, oh, shoes. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Now I know the class of, of individuals that run these, that are part of these groups. I mean, you'll get a lot of Harleys. You'll get, you do have a lot of the Harleys. You've got FJRs are pretty popular. The Concours. Yeah, I can see that. I was thinking pretty popular. That I could go along that line. I'm sure the Honda STs, I didn't look that hard and, to find them, but I'm sure the ST1300s are popular. Yeah. I think you get a lot of GSs, a lot of 1200 GSs in there. Um, you know, a lot of these big bikes, all of them, basically anything that competes in these Within these classes, anything that's really going for top times mm-hmm. tends to be over a thousand cc's at least. Yeah, I was thinking something on twelve hundred cc. FJR is on the list. I, you know, I just don't know what I'd end up going with. It would. There's a lot of things that would I would take into consideration there. I know the winner. I haven't ridden some of those, so that's why I that's can't fair. really say. Right. That's fair. The winner. What this would year, you? What would you ride before you get into the winner? That's hard because I already know who won. So why wouldn't I pick the same bike? 
No, I, you know, we're talking infinite. I know, male cash, to female, though. Male to female, though, each bike is going to fit each person differently. Mm. And so... Only slightly. Once you get to that class. So I, I actually found it interesting, your comments about you know, something that you can sit comfortably in all day. Because I think if you're willing to put a little extra cash into any bike, mm-hmm. you can make it a comfortable seat for you. Fit yeah. Literally fit to your butt. Potentially, yeah. You I mean, got to you got to know the right people to take it to. Well, down, gotta, down just south of Salem, there's a guy that'll form a seat right to you. You go down, he makes the seat right there. You have to make a cut. You have to make initial fitting, basically, mm-hmm. and then you have to go back and test it before he'll and actually. And he's renowned for actually being able to make the most comfortable seat that yep. you could ever ride in. If you look nationally, a lot of people will come to his shop, or at least have them do their best okay. job. Interesting. Based on details they give them to make it and send it back to them. Um, there are many shops like that. I know there's one in Florida I was looking at when I was looking at the Scrambler making possibly a custom seat. Uh, you know, there's there's a handful of shops that are custom seats in the form of comfortability. Okay. Because obviously there's a lot of very skilled seamsters and seamstresses. Hmm. I don't know what the uh, non-gender form of that is, but seamers. <laughs> um, but, you know, they can make very good-looking fancy awesome cool show seats but there's also a handful of shops that are very very good and very well renowned for making comfortable seats so you can do that i mean you can Mm, get any bike you want your bike klr250 you can have a seat custom made that fits like a glove and is super comfortable in all modes in all situations okay so you know along those lines i don't know that that would be something i would worry about because if i were someone who were wanting to you know I, i don't find it hard to run maybe not hard but impossible on any bike really to get your a thousand miles in 24 hours that's completely doable but, but 15 13 000 miles in 11 days now day yeah so consistently one day point day you know day. 1300 miles a day consistently is is a pretty good a little i guess a little less than that but right is a pretty good rate and i agree at that point you're just riding your got an auxiliary fuel tank you're stopping you know every 500 miles at m- most yeah. Right? You're going to make one stop a day to eat and, you know, eat and fill up and get out of there as quickly as you can. Yeah. Because you're literally riding all day to pull that off. Um, now, I agree. You'd want something more comfortable for that. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying for what I would probably be up for today, you could really do on any bike. A thousand miles in a day is mm-hmm. survivable on any bike. Um, any bike. But if I'm doing that larger, yeah. I don't, any, any road worth, any freeway worthy bike. Know, can do man. a thousand miles a day. You could do it in your bike all day once you get that in. You go. I would like to see you do it on something like a sport bike. You could do it, super sport bike. You'd do suffer it. the Let next day. Let me see it. You'd suffer probably the next five days, but <laughs> it is doable. Okay, and I guarantee we look at the ranks of those that have achieved their thousand mile days. Oh, I'm sure, and there are sport bikes in it. I I, I'm sure. If I were to pick a bike, I I haven't been. I've been on the FJR. It's pretty comfortable, I actually. Didn't think the seat was the most comfortable thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I would probably get a new seat, but an FJR would be fun because you could really, you know, I don't know what the speed limit rules are on these races, but you could put some miles down. Yeah, but see, if I was to do one of those events, and it's not that I'm not competitive, but that wouldn't be my highlight is like winning the race, That's, uh, getting the most amount of miles. It's just to be there and enjoy the community and the event. So, I don't know. Excuse you. Wow. This chair is not quiet. <laughs> Tried to say still. I realize why at this point. Um, no, I agree that 
to start with, I think you're right. But, you know, a lot of the people that are that are doing this event, if you're going to go run this event with the crew that's running it, right? If you're doing it with the organized system. Yeah. You're not just doing it to see the sites. Because at that point, you're going to take 15 days, 20 days, take as many days as you physically can at work. And you're going to go and have a good okay. time. You're going to stop. You're going to see the sites. You're going to take it easy. But you're still wanting to stick with the community, with the people that are doing it, right? So there might exactly. be some that would take 15, 20 days. But you're, I'm not going to try to leave the group behind and do all these extra well, detours on my own to be able to get a so few a extra miles in a day. Right? These are all solo rides. Right. Is it all at the same riders, time in the same 11 days? Same Correct. But areas. different starting points. Different. The checkpoints are all there. But everyone that's competing on this may not be at the checkpoint at the same time. Yeah, but you're going to get around a group. You're going to end up in a small group. You're going to end up small group. In a, a lot. I know the winner often was not. Okay, that's fair. And that's why the winner won. I'm just saying that that often when you're running through these, it's not necessarily groups. This is people that put you know fifty thousand plus miles a, a year on their bikes. They ride the crap. I mean, to the point I was reading an article by the winner that was interviewing the winner, and I cannot remember her name and i feel terrible for it um we'll put an addendum in the uh show notes to say who the winner is because I, I cannot remember offhand and we don't have any access to the medias here sally but uh it's not wasn't that <laughs> but uh her bike had over 200 she's got an fjr okay to answer your question or to i guess you didn't ask but to tell you okay. she had an fjr 1300 05 bought new that has over 200,000 miles i think it was like sure. i think it was over 250 Mm-hmm. Which is pretty impressive on a motorcycle. Okay. You know, uh, sounds like there was a, she's got an F1, or sorry, uh, FZ1. Okay. That has ha- about half that from what she was saying. Okay. So a lot of, you know, 1,000cc and up bikes. Bandit 1200 is the newest bike. I actually heard her talking recently, and she's going to head with her family south uh, and go through South America. With a, a bandit and a sidecar, they're bringing their child. Oh, really? Gets to hang cool. out in the sidecar for however long, till school starts. So I think this is their one year kind of between where the child, you know, their kid's old enough to do stuff and have fun, but not yet in school. Okay. So they're going to take basically that year and just tour. That's awesome. Based on sidecar, I think that's awesome. I agree. What what a cool life that that kid's going to have, right? Mm-hmm. Everything their friends want to do from this point forward in her life is going to be... So lame. And when the kid outgrows it, they can put a grill in it, in the sidecar. Yeah. On a, uh, what is it? Indian Springfield, right? Something like that. Yeah. This is interesting. You really switched subjects very quickly on that. I'm sorry. I don't know. What do you want me to say? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Brad's putting a a barbecue sidecar on the side of his bike. Yep. KLR 250 with sidecar. It's going to be sweet. With a Weber. Weber? Why not? Carb? No. You do coal though, right? Yes. You don't. You don't cook with the uh, propane. No. no You're natural, not Hank Hale. Natural gas. Okay. Yeah. Nonetheless, I think, uh, man, we got off track, right? You really derailed that train real hard. But uh, yeah, but I, I think it's interesting. The, a lot of the people that are competing there will put a lot of miles on their bikes. Yeah. And will not necessarily ride in groups. No, I understand that. I know but we've if got... I'm going to go on that kind of an event, I'm going to want to do it with. I'm going to want. I'm going to. Get, if I'm starting off by myself, chances are I'm going to come across somebody else that I might not be with the whole time because they may have already been to a couple of the checkpoints when we meet up. But I'm going to hang out. We're going to have a good time. You're going to find people. 
throughout and talk about doing this and what you're going to be doing and maybe it coincides maybe it doesn't but i'm not going to be the guy that's going to try to win with the most amount of miles i don't know that's just that's just not who i am that's fair it's not more important for me to get that claim to fame yeah, as it is to enjoy last. yeah i guess i'm last got shake and bake man i'm always last the uh you know if you want more information anybody can look it up though with okay. these iron butt challenges and, and learn more about it um, you know, it makes, I know we've got the Rever app that we've used from time to time to track some of our rides and trips. That's another one that's ridiculous for mileage. And it makes some of those miles make sense, right? These people, you know, a lot of them are riding these, Does it make these sense? events, but uh, you know, I wonder how many are, you know, running a, running it in their cars and, and things like that. I think I just kicked the mic and farted at the same time. <laughs> that's a win-win right there. Yeah, you didn't sneeze though, so yeah, try harder next time. I apologize for, uh me breaking the system so bad here but uh you know it's i don't know i think we should oh sorry we were going back i I lost my train of thought with all these noises i made on accident but uh stepping back a little bit you and i were talking on the way out here about uh what we talked about last week getting a ride going yes so we talked a little bit about this and we'll we'll end it with this one because we're getting to our hour but uh talking about a ride and i think we'll do a dirt ride Okay. Mild dirt. It probably won't, you know, as dirt rides go, won't be a difficult track. Sure. It'll be something that you could take your SUV or your stock pickup on. Okay. But it will be intended that you bring a regular street bike. You can put whatever tires, right? You can knobby up on whatever you want. Okay. Um, but I think next year, not I think, next year we will host a ride. It'll be in the Barlow Trail area here in the northwest, mm-hmm. out of uh, just east of Portland, uh, off of Mount Hood. Uh, but we'll get a ride set up. We'll go pre-run it. We'll get it set up and ready that we can get a small overnight rally that we can run a right tool for the wrong job rally. I think this is going to be awesome. So I spent a little time. I, Brad and I got into it last week, and, and we were half joking, but I got real excited about the idea. So I spent a little time <laughs> planning it out. And running through the options. And, you are the uh, planner. Next year, we'll have a rally going. It'll be probably a around this time, late August, sure. early September. Uh, we'll have our right tool for the wrong job rally. That's what we're going to call it. I'm already, quote unquote, patenting the name. Um, right here, it's said R-T-W-J first. RTWJ rally. RTRJ. Wrong is spelled with an R now. Okay. <laughs> we'll have stickers and everything. <laughs> um. <laughs> But uh, so prepare your bikes. Those of us with the GL five hundreds, those with if you've got a dual sport, bring it. Doesn't have to be the wrong job. You could be ready to go on those trails. If you've got your uh, FJR, whatever you've got, show up. We're gonna have a rally. We're gonna have some guys there that are not necessarily on the right bike for that job, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go ahead and have an overnight rally. Won't be too hard. The goal will to be have will to have nobody go down. I gotta stop moving this chair. Uh, and have everybody get out of there with a clean bike, ready to go. So, I think it's going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. We'll set that up. There'll be news as, as it gets closer. Uh, we'll probably post most of the news and most of the updates as we start planning it, because we'll want to have it basically set up and ready to go at least six months in advance, just so we can start getting sign-ups and whatever we need to do to make sure we you know we can have food or things there, make it worthwhile, get some vendors and, and get it yeah. all set up. Um, but uh, check the Patreon page. That's where we're going to store everything. Makes sense. Uh, it's the easiest place to really get the information. Most of the rally information that will be need to know will be publicly available. You don't have to sign up to find that. 
a lot of the details and the route maps and all of that until it needs to be released will actually be on the pr- private page. Yeah. So anybody that's pledged a dollar or more a month will be able to see all of the important details and, in fact, contribute to that. I will open it up to kind of a community discussion. Of course, uh, Brad and I will have final say so that it doesn't turn into a pissing match. Oh. But uh, I've seen that happen more recently in some of these rallies. Okay. Too many too many hands in the pot can be a bit difficult. But uh, definitely check out our Patreon page. For that and more, we've got that hooligan video up there. Uh, yes. Not hooligan, sorry. Honda, what was it? Oh, man, I can't remember. Red Randy? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> you got to get over that name. The... Uh, Honduros. Got that video we talked about last week up there. I know, it took me a minute to think of, and I really had to choke that one out. But uh, got that up. We've got everything going on the Patreon page, as well as, of course, you can check our Facebook page. We've got some polls going to get a better name than Red Randy. Okay. That poll is up on Facebook, Slacker Motor Radio. Facebook? So uh, we can really make sure pulling out all the win. stops. <laughs> but otherwise, come visit, you know, visit our sites, check us out. We're getting a little bit more going every time. Uh, we like to spend a little bit of time and making sure it works well. But nonetheless, we appreciate our listeners. Uh, we, My goal this week, and Brad's as well, is to break a 1,000 downloads with this episode. So we should have said this at the beginning, because at this point, you've already made it all the way through. But share this with your friends. We are not that far from it, but it is more than we often get per month or per week sure. in downloads. But if we can get everybody to share this with a couple of people, we can break it this week. Yes. And... I will work on a reward that we will randomly draw, but we don't really have a very clear listener base set up. I'll set something up. If we can break it this week, I promise that I can guarantee we will give away something okay. useful, not useful. just garbage from my garage. So the new tool that comes with your kit. I something like useful. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be that, because I'll, I'll legitimately need that. But I will set up a giveaway that will be worthwhile for all those that have contributed to getting to this 1,000. Can I Can I win? Brad cannot win. <sighs> okay. We don't want him that's to think fair. I'm just giving you that's fresh fair. stuff. <laughs> okay. But uh, appreciate everybody that's listening. Thank you so much for your support. We love this community. We're having a great time. And we yes. hope that you all get out and ride and enjoy this week. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.